It's a bitch hunt. 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 My mic turns on automatically. It's part of the reason that it took me so long to get on today is that my mic continued to sap battery energy out of my MacBook that I only use for this. <laughs> and so it was like oh. in heat death. And it took like 10 minutes to boot up and remember like it was, it was set to the wrong day. Jeez. And everything. It really, yeah, that mic stole all the life out of my oh, computer. Oh yeah, because you're still using your shitty old computer for this, right? Well, it's my my older computer is much better than my new computer, but it has like giant blotches of darkness all over the screen, which makes it really hard to see anything yeah. or use it for anything that requires being able to see what's on it's your like screen. It's like the olden days when they things. recorded podcasts with uh with tape decks and and there was no monitors to speak of. They just had to like pod was pod that, into Was there really were there podcasts then? I oh. don't think so. Yeah, old maybe audiobooks. <laughs> you know, back back when a young Ira Glass, um, you know, he just he 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 was just fooling around in the seventies, and he just used tape, and he he stitched it together, and then he uh, and then he and then they didn't. There was no such thing as iPods. So, well, I know that you're joshing right now. But that's so full of inaccuracies. And you know that I love this American life, so <laughs> I'd rather you didn't fool around about that. Well, I was going to give, in my fiction, I was going to give Ira Glass the the origin of just the concept of pod. Like, he came up with podcasts, and then and then uh, Bill Apple, he, he, he said, hey, I'm going to make an iPod out of it. I thought it was Steve, Steve Apple. Oh, yeah, Steve Apple. Bill, <laughs> Bill Windows and Steve Apple. Bill Windows, Bill Windows was late to the to the podcasting. He didn't he didn't have the vision like Steve Apple did. Right. Well, I'm sure our listeners love this, but <laughs> maybe we should just jump right in today. Yeah. What? I you don't like our rambling preambles about nothing, Luke? That's all the positive feedback we get is how they like the very beginning of the episodes. And not the actual pitch part. <laughs> Have you been getting a lot of feedback, Will? Uh, y- y- no. I'm well. <laughs> have either of you gotten a single could, email on your pitch? I have. I have. I have, and I've shown it to you. Really? But um. Oh yeah. But yeah. like the, the super fan that we lost immediately because you were really rude to them. I wasn't rude. <laughs> pretty rude. You were pretty rude, weren't you? I, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't I don't really remember the substance of that story either, other than somebody did email you after he'd asked for people to email suggestions, they emailed the suggestion and you just like shot it down. I man, I did not I don't think I even shot it down. I I think I was very courteous and I will continue to be courteous once y'all send right, me some oodles of email? feedback. You want me to look up? Pull that email up, Will. I'm not. I, I don't do want to call quickly? out this person. What if they're still listening? Don't, you don't have to use. You don't have to use names. This. I. I. I think that this could be a useful moment of catharsis for both you and our first fan. Do you want me to just 
tell you yes, no, whether I was rude. No. No, I want you to pull up the email. <laughs> I think that's, I've, that's I have what, it pulled what specifically out. I have what it pulled up. Do. Okay. Tell me how it went down. You don't, again, you don't have to name uh, names. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to remove all identifying uh, information from this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. And I, I feel like once you version. do that, well, once you strip it back, the only thing that's left will be, yep, I was rude. <laughs> so, so the, 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 the subject, which they sent to me said to the effect of, I've got, I got beef with you basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then I had at one point said that a certain movie was the best in the genre that we were talking about. Sure. This is a little too abstract, but okay. And then they took offense to this and I said, and then they recommended what they believed to be the best, the, the, uh, you know, the pinnacle of this genre. And, uh-huh. and how and, did you follow up? And they said, they said, you know, just watch it and you will be, you will renege on your assertion that this other film was the best. And so, and um, did you watch it first of all? Right. Yeah. Did I watch it? I have yet to watch it, but I will watch it. I will watch it. All right. I get, right. I get movie suggestions from fans sent? all the time, guys. All right. How, how long ago was this email sent? Well, um, it was sent earlier this year. Okay, and you've had then it was it was several months to watch. It was the month of February, (laughs) (laughs) and then and then and then I got back only about ten days later, and I said hello, fan. Thank you for the recommendation. I'll make sure to give this movie a watch. Perhaps so you lied to them. uh, It'll be a good inspiration for future pitches. So you lied to this this fan. No, and then I said I think thanks they for listening to the show. And then I and then I gave a nice salutation. Mm-hmm. And then they never got back to me. I thought I had made a new friend well, and they never they never got back to me. But did you follow up on the promise that you made, Will? That's my well, question. I, I didn't, but I will. Right. <laughs> I'm not a liar yet. I will I will watch this movie. I, I guess you and didn't I actually shared I shared off offline. I shared with you guys what this movie was and and you also said that it was a good movie so i'm also be i'm also uh, dragging my feet on your guys's recommendation to watch this movie yeah which i i also find pretty hurtful and so. and you guys too. you guys are like make, you guys you are brothers from other um wombs yeah that's well, as they I say mean, the same womb <laughs> we're literal brothers uh, uh, that's true actually by the way, we're brothers. It's quite a way for Will to find out about that. <laughs> um, I think that I was very courteous and very professional. And if anyone else wants to reach out to me, Will at pitchhunt.org, please reach out to me and tell me how I should do my job because I love to learn. Okay. And also, alternatively, you could uh, reach out to Jacob or Luke at pitchhunt.org and we'll actually take your suggestions. We won't lie to you about it. Yeah. And if you have some feedback that you're not comfortable telling Will to his face, like maybe it's super, super negative, you can send it to to me or Jacob. Oh, we would love to hear that. And we can pass it along. You know, we'll we'll pull the punches a little bit to save Will's feelings. I I, I won't. I, I'm, I'm all about tough love. Yeah, I mean, actually, they'll, they'll be so meaner far, to we've, me. We've done a terrible job of just jumping into this episode. 
That's fair. We were going. We were going to do that, but well, uh, uh, Will and I were talking about how much people love this meaningless preamble. We do. We so Will and I got what we wanted. We go. We we, we allow between five and fifteen minutes before the pitches get started. Because remember, some of us, I'm not going to name any names, are trying frantically to actually figure out what they're going to pitch during this period. <laughs> yeah, let's not name any names on that. On that note, should we jump into yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go first this week. Yay! Yeah. Uh, I am going to pitch a heck of a romantic comedy. Ooh, I can't wait. Um... Think about some of the best couples in cinema history. Lay them on me. Mm. Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Decent. <laughs> uh, Simba and Nala. Better. Uh, Keep going. Uh, Ryan Gosling and and any number of women that he were coupled up with in his movies. I guess mostly Emma Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Okay, now take that first name. Uh-huh. Ryan Gosling. No, other the other person that Luke just said. Emma. Uh-huh. Was she ever there was there another Emma who is in a literary and then cinematic playing a character relationship? Emma Hermione? Yes. Emma Granger. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Emma Granger. And then uh, I can't remember Rupert her. Oh, Weasley, Emma right? Watson. Emma Watson. I'm uh, I'm really lost. <laughs> so the two the two stars of my uh, romantic comedy are going to be uh, noted Hollywood literary and film power couple uh, Emma Watson and Rupert Grint, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There would have been a less complicated way to 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 uh, drop that, but uh, so we this, got to it pretty is fast. Is this set in the Harry Potter universe, and it's just about their relationship? No, not at all. Oh. Not at all. It has nothing to do with Harry Potter. It's just Emma Watson and Rupert Grint. Wait, so they're muggles in this? Oh, are you <laughs> saying they're muggles in this, Jacob? They're not they're not overtly muggles. It's not like that's not it's something like a, that's dwelt dwelt upon. My least favorite uh, but, brand of Emma Watson and Rupert Grint is the muggle brand. Okay, let me let me tell you where's what, the magic, Jacob? No way associated. Yeah, where's the magic? This, this isn't the magic is in the the beautiful chemistry between the two of them. But the uh, magic that happens. How about when, the real uh, magic? The real magic is in the bedroom, you know that. Uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Wait, so they're not muggles? <laughs> Emma Watson. Emma Watson is a. Uh, Emma Watson is a carnivore, right? Emma Watson only eats meat. Emma Watson is a lot. So like she's our like sort of ketogenic. Ted. Oh, yeah, our good friend Theodore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, without going too much into uh, what we were doing last weekend. Uh, Emma Watson is a lot like our friend Ted. We were eating like she tons of meat with Ted. She hates she hates vegetarians. She doesn't hate vegetarians, but she uh, on a on a certain level does not does not agree with the vegetarian lifestyle. Because let me tell you what Emma Watson likes to right, eat meat. So right? I've, I've basically got Emma Watson. I've got Theodore's personality in Emma Watson's body right now. Sure. Uh, and for those of us who who know what Ted is like as a person. That's very helpful. Uh, for those of you who only know Ted from his uh, appearances on Pitch Hunt, just use that to inform the way that you think about Emma Watson. Yeah. She's really good at pitching. <laughs> <laughs> she, she prepares a lot. Uh, and she loves meat. She loves meat. She's really good at skipping. She's really good at whistling. 
she plays a mean trombone. She's a lovely person. She has an awesome younger brother. She has an awesome younger sister. These are all things about Emma Watson's character in mm-hmm. my movie. Uh, Emma Watson works uh, for Big Meat, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not she pitching works. one of these where she falls in love with a piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to take anything off the table. I would say uh, I would consider Rupert Grant a major piece of meat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing. <laughs> You're, you're getting a little bit ahead of me. So, Emma Watson, mm-hmm. right? We, we know a little bit about her now, right? Now, uh, we're seeing a little bit about uh, Emma Watson's life. Um, that's the opening of the movie. We see her going to, to work at, uh, at Johnsonville Bratz, mm. uh, which she, uh, that's her career. She's, she's a brat maker. And she, uh, she, she's known to get high in her own supply every once in a while and sneak a brat off the conveyor belt. I mean, Whoa. who right wouldn't if you're working at Johnsonville Brats? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound sanitary, but it's. I mean, who can blame Emma her? Watson's not too. She's not too worried about sanitation. Um, so, first ten minutes of the movie, uh, we're following Emma Watson on her on her regular day. You know, she's going to work, eating some brats, going home, eating some more brats. Having some bacon, having a big old steak. Casting some spells. Casting some spells. Uh, she's in a uh, she's in a a nice but modest uh, single bedroom apartment, right? Sure. After the first ten minutes or so, we zoom out, and we zoom out to about a city view, right? Yep. So we're seeing the city from an from an aerial perspective. What city is this? Uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Oh wow. Oh, she's yeah. working at the Johnsonville plant in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's a thing, right? It is now. I would assume so. Wisconsin. Yeah, we they like we, their we fucking in love our sausages in Wisconsin, man. And I don't blame them. Yeah. Plus, and neither does neither does if, Emma. If there isn't one in Madison, Hermione could just wave her wand, and it would appear. I mean, Emma <sighs> Watson. We've, we're, we're in our aerial shot of Madison, right? We zoom across the city into a different single-bedroom apartment on the other side of the city. There's some crazy zooms Guess, in this film. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of crazy zooms. We're going to need several helicopters at the very least to film this movie. Um, but we're zooming into uh, a, different, a different apartment complex. We zoom into a balcony. Out on that balcony is sitting... Uh, a young redheaded man. Ed Sheeran. Mm. Yeah, is it Ed Sheeran? It's Ed Sheeran. <laughs> uh, as we zoom into Ed Sheeran, we notice that there's a door opening behind him. And out of that door walks Rupert Grint. Oh my God. It would be great if there was an, a different redhead who walked out. And this joke went on for like 10 minutes. Where <laughs> just redhead is the redhead Do, getting it, zoomed on. Does Eddie Redmayne actually have red hair? Or is it just that his last name is making me think he has red hair? No, he does. <laughs> okay. I think he does. It's a very good last does. name for Eddie. And he's also really in the is. magical universe that occupies this film. Yeah. He is, but I... I, I I established pretty early on that this is not part of the Potterverse. It's not part of the Harry Potter wizard, wizarding world. And I'm going to stick to that. Okay, Despite Jake. the peer pressure that's coming from outside, I'm going to stick to my guns on this. Okay. So out of the, out of the door onto the balcony walks Rupert Grint. He's got, uh, he's got a big old stock of kale in his hand. Oh no. 
<laughs> Emma's gonna fucking hate this guy. So we quickly learn he he's got that big old stock of kale in his hand. He's wearing some he's wearing some ratty Birkenstocks. He's wearing like a you know burlap shorts. He's wearing a he's wearing a, a t shirt that has like just a piece of broccoli, like a picture of graphic tee that has a picture of a piece of broccoli on it. <laughs> Seems and a bit on the nose. That piece of, <laughs> underneath that piece of broccoli, it just says a single word, which is it's vegan. <laughs> it turns out, sorry, Rupert Grint, he's he's a vegan. So how does he know after, Ed Sheeran? He and Ed Sheeran uh, actually moved to the United States from Ireland together. They co-starred in the Lego House music video. They like, sure actually. did. <laughs> well, I, so that may be how they know each other, like as actor slash musicians. But in this film, uh, they were two young young gents who were living the vegan lifestyle in Ireland. But uh, uh, they. They found that the vegan uh, opportunities in Ireland were kind of limiting, and they heard about this wonderful city called Madison, Wisconsin, <laughs> where the there capital was a burgeoning of veganism. <laughs> <laughs> America's vegan bur- land, Wisconsin, <laughs> <laughs> a, bur- a burgeoning vegan community that uh, operated out of a single uh, apartment complex on the let's say uh, west side of Madison, ah. right? So, you know those dorms at college campuses that's like, this is the international dorm, this is the alcohol-free dorm, this is the that kind of dorm, mm-hmm. right? This this is basically like an, along those lines, but it's like a, a vegan apartment complex. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, so the, which house is it, like Hogwarts-wise? I didn't okay. I didn't want to bring this up, but there's something just like for a quick aside. There's something that has been weighing on my mind since last weekend. Can I can I lay it on you? Sure. Okay. So last weekend, the three of us were in the same physical location. We were all in Minneapolis at our dear friend Mark's yeah, wedding. Yeah, we was. Right? Uh, it was a lovely time. Twist. Turns out it other was, people get married other than me and our fact and checker Melvin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So we were at this wedding. There was a, a period between the the ceremony itself and when the dinner started, um, when the three of us were sequestered at a table that was reserved for Mark's high school friends. Mm, I wouldn't say we were sequestered, but we were sitting at it. Yeah, we were sitting at it for quite a while. And uh, during that quite a while, there was a period when uh, we were taking Harry Potter sorting hat quizzes. Yes, um, from the website BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about what Harry Potter houses that we belonged in, right? Yeah. And I said that I felt as though I was probably a Ravenclaw. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Now, does anybody remember uh, what Will's wife, who I love dearly, is a lovely person? Do you, do you did you catch? Oh, what she, she said, said something really rude to you. <laughs> I she that. said something very rude. Do you remember what it was? I bet you remember verbatim. I remember verbatim yeah. what she said. She called you a filthy mudblood. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Slytherin wife. She did not say that. What she did say was, uh, don't you have to be smart to be a Ravenclaw? <laughs> I missed that, but... Uh... No, I, I don't know if that's actually what she said. No, I'm uh, pretty it sure was, that... that was the sentiment. It was basically that. <laughs> it was basically that. And that really, let me tell you what, that really chapped oh, my man. ass. That was so good. 
Uh, and I'm still real salty about that. So, Will, if you want to let Liz, Liz know <laughs> that I've remained assaulted, assaulted, salty boy about that uh, now. Is that why uh, it hurt your feelings so much that you've insisted on removing the magic from this film? <laughs> magic is dead to me. Oh. <laughs> from that moment on, uh, I was no longer interested in the idea of uh, a society where there are magicians because uh, my dream of being a Ravenclaw was dead. Um, uh, that's fair. One time I got heckled by a magician for like an hour straight and I hated that. <laughs> His name uh, is Justin Incredible, of- and he has a Netflix special oh, God, now. Justin Incredible. I can't believe we haven't talked about Justin Incredible on the podcast yet. <laughs> yeah, he, I'm sure he doesn't remember who I am, but he's my biggest nemesis. <laughs> uh. That's yeah, magicians great. suck. Also, there's something just, I think, innately hecklable about us. Because I was also recently thinking about uh, the time that the three of us went to a taping of The Daily Show together. <laughs> and the opening comedian spent like a solid ten minutes heckling yeah. the three of us. I think we just show up. We show up in non-upper-Midwest like context and we stick out like sore thumbs, sore thumbs. Like we're just these sort of milky, wholesome... <laughs> Midwestern boys with a smile in our on our faces and a and a dream dreamy our, glimmer in our eyes our chests. and and yeah right. the world just wants to chew us up we we look too we look too friendly and wholesome you know I guess so all right aside over I guess um <laughs> anyway I just I really needed to get that off yeah, my chest well, but this is partly therapy for you and partly a podcast it is. so. It is. I spent an entire actual therapy session on it. As well. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. I have, Boy, I have other things to talk about in my therapy sessions that have very little to do with your wife. Well, okay, thank God. <laughs> anyway, Rupert, Rupert, and Ed—they're uh, living in this this vegan community, uh, this vegan apartment complex. Uh, Rupert works at a. Uh, community farm right yeah he is big into uh making organic produce selling organic produce eating organic produce weaving organic produce (laughs) into clothes yeah 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 i'll allow it yeah (laughs) so we have another about 10 minutes of of that we're just we're taking taking his life Mm -hmm. uh taking his life in as outside observers um Sounds riveting. Do these do these characters? Man, I hate to digress you again, but do these characters have any sort of professional ambition, or or you know, is there anything other than needing to meet the love of their life that they that they have you know in their in their sights for the future? That's a good question, Will. Um, and and the truth is, yes, Emma dreams and she has uh this dream board up on her bedroom wall and pasted at the top or actually at the bottom of this dream board with uh several unfulfilled steps in between is to be the ceo of johnsonville Uh, oh wow now rupert um has also a dream board on his bedroom in his uh in his little hovel of a, a vegan apartment. And at the bottom of that dream board with, uh, also some several unfulfilled steps in between is 
to uh, be a little bit more kind of abstract uh, goal, which is to become one with nature, right? <laughs> yeah. Just like as a as a as a abstract like in, concept, in a sort of annihilation sort of way. <laughs> Not overtly in an, in an annihilation kind of way. Uh, we we come to find out that Rupert is uh, he's one of those. You know, those millennials that we all know that really, uh, he's kind of skating through, not skating through life, but just yeah. kind of wandering through life. Does he spend all of his like money he, on avocados? He spends all of his money on avocado pits. And so his apartment <laughs> is just riddled with these large planters that have uh, avocado trees in, in nice. various stages of development. And then like, you know, those cups where you get the two toothpicks and you stick them into each side of the avocado pit and you suspend it in a little bit of nice, water. Nice. So like he's, he's a, he's a filthy pervert for avocados. Sounds bright. And most of his money does go to that because he really doesn't make all that much money working at this communal garden. Mm-hmm. He basically just makes enough money to, to feed himself avocados and kale. Yeah. Aren't most broccoli. of those gardens something that you actually have to pay to use? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Most of them are, but not this one. <laughs> Because as we have established, Madison is a utopia, a utopic vegan community. So they found a way to, to turn it around and turn a little bit of a profit, right? Yeah. So one day, we got our characters have to meet. I've used up most, uh, more than all of my time already. No, it's fine. So, it's fine. I'm, I'm strapped <laughs> in for this, man. Okay. Let's keep this going okay. for three hours. <laughs> all right. So uh, there's, there's this coffee shop. Um, in central Madison, right? Probably. Many. And at this coffee shop is the the best fair trade cup of coffee in Madison. Also, at this coffee shop is uh, a, a beautiful selection of uh, homemade uh, cheese filled brats. <laughs> and these two are sold side by side. Oh. And uh, Emma and Rupert both hear about this in different ways, and they're conflicted. Because Emma's like, you know, there might be some dirty hippies there who don't eat meat, who are just there for the the coffee, right? So does she only drink, like, meat broth? (laughs) No no water or anything? (laughs) She she drinks, yeah, meat broth, uh, like, melted down, rendered animal fat. She'll drink... uh, you know, uh, a cup of water every now and then, just to just to stay like somewhat hydrated. Is she like? But she's is not... she like fucking jacked? I really want. I, yeah. I want Emma Watson to just get like fucking <laughs> swole as shit for this role, man. Two hundred percent protein. The two, th- yeah, the two things that she does are eat meat and work out, right? So she's swole. She's completely. She's she's turnt. She is, uh, she's jacked dude, AF. Dude. So she decides she's going to swagger into this coffee shop and she's going to buy herself some, some cheese brats. Rupert at the, in the same day at the same moment decides he's got to check out this, this fair trade coffee. He's heard it's, it's the elixir of the gods and he's, he's got to try that out. So they are, uh, they both go into the coffee shop. Uh, they're both waiting at the counter. Their, their orders come out at the same time. And they up and turn around and bump right into each other. Oh, man. 
I bet Rupert went sausage. flying, man. Yeah. <laughs> he just hit an immovable wall. <laughs> he just hit a brick wall of a woman. And uh, he goes flying. The sausage, uh, which is bathed in grease, slips out of Emma's hands, goes flying through the air, lands in Rupert's mouth. Oh, my God. The coffee flew out of, uh, flew out of Rupert's hands and splashed itself all up in, uh, in Emma, Emma's Jeez. face. Not off to and a good they start. They both love the taste. They they're at first they're they're furious, but then they both realize they've been missing out. Guys, guys, <clears throat> one second. Yeah. Talk about a meat cute. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was perfect. So they have this meat cute. Emma, this is the first taste of meat that Rupert's ever had in his life. <laughs> and it changes him. He wasn't actually a principled his... vegan. He just had never, ever eaten meat before and just didn't think it was that good. He didn't realize how delicious this meat was. It was a bit of a Sam I Am situation. <laughs> Will, you caught on to the, the secret, which is that this is a, a stealth uh, green eggs and ham pitch. Oh, damn. No, that's that's not true. That's not true. Um, but what is true is they realize that the person they see across from them who has force-fed them something that they didn't want was secretly maybe the love of their life. <laughs> so they started dating. <laughs> there are lots of foibles where you know they'll go to each other's apartments and they'll be disgusted by how different the lifestyle is than their mm-hmm. own. There'll be a bit of a... Oh, just as I'm quickly starting to kind of wrap this up, the, you know, there'll be a moment when uh, Emma Watson is nearly seduced by Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> or maybe she, she to... like, like has sex with Ed Sheeran because she thinks he's Rupert Grant, you know, because all she can see is his red hair. It's very dark out. <laughs> I don't know that I like that. Okay. All right. That's fine. <laughs> that, you that's know. Not... That's like borderline sexual assault, and I don't think I want that in my light romantic comedy. Uh, but what I do want in my light romantic comedy is they start to learn a little bit more about them, each other, and themselves, and, and themselves, and they find out. And this was going to be a bigger part of this pitch before I got bogged down in the details. No, that please. They each have a they be they each have a very dirty secret. Oh no. Um. So one day. Uh, uh, Ed uh, Rupert knows that Ed's going to be out, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to have the apartment to himself. Emma finds out that uh, Rupert's going to have the apartment all to himself, and so she decides that she's going to go and surprise him at his apartment, and they're going to have a, a nice, sexy, fun afternoon together. Uh, when Emma arrives at the apartment, she bursts in to find Rupert uh, sucking on a bone. Uh, what kind of bone? She's not sure at first. Like a but- vegan bone. She realizes, in short order, that this bone is a human femur. What? <laughs> so this comes out she, of nowhere. We have no this. This comes out of complete. Completely comes Did out Rupert of nowhere. Did Rupert eat Ed? <laughs> she sees this, but Rupert hasn't seen her yet. She goes back out of the apartment. She's shocked. I like that she can she just sneaks- recognize a femur from across the room. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the that's well, that Johnsonville talent, man. 
Exactly. She works at a meat rendering plant, and so she knows what she knows what uh, various animal carcasses look like and what animal bones look like. She also studied uh, human anatomy when she was in college at uh, the University of Wisconsin Madison. Oh, great school! So she knows she knows about this. It's a human femur. She's conflicted. This isn't great news. Obviously, she found out that her her BF is a, a like a cannibal. But at the same time, she's kind of turned on by it. Right? Oh my god! Like uh, this is her vegan boy, and her vegan boy, as it turns out, he eats meat. likes to eat humans. He hunts the most dangerous game, Ed Sheeran, and eats him. <laughs> so she decides to uh, she decides to confront Rupert about this, and uh, Rupert is surprisingly chill about it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay, you caught me. <laughs> you know what? I am, a, I am a vegan, but I dabble in cannibalism a little bit. Uh, I feel like we've gotten to know each other well enough that maybe uh, this won't this won't ruin our relationship. And Emma's like, you know what? I can let it fly because I have a secret too. Uh. And Rupert's like, uh. <laughs> and Emma's like, that's right. I'm an eco terrorist, bitch. Oh my god. I have been going around the United States murdering oil executives uh. and setting fire to oil refineries. And there have been like there have been like these little stories about oil refineries going up in flames and that kind of thing that have mm. been like, you know, you'll see that as a headline in the newspaper. You'll see that on on the TV. Uh, but it's just been kind of like in the background. But it turns out it was Emma. Oh, my Long. God. And Rupert's like. Uh? <laughs> again but then he's like you know what you're fighting the good fight and you know what else or what also what we could combine our forces and become let's a, eat these oil execs power couple <laughs> you kill the oil execs and i'll eat them i'll dispose of all the evidence for you <laughs> oh that's re- that's so, goals guys that's goals <laughs> What ensues is a uh, a beautiful Bonnie and Clyde type relationship where they go across the country and kill and eat uh, oil executives. You know your uh, your uh, your your corporate lobbyists that are trying to trying to open up oil pipelines, that kind of thing. And sure. uh, we are led to believe that they live the rest of their days uh, combining their talents and although it seemed that they were so very different at the beginning of the movie it turns out that their love has brought them together and turned them into a much more beautiful whole as a team the end wow well i liked that a lot and it was very random <laughs> yeah it was so good Jacob. there were there was a lot of subtext that i guess you guys didn't pick up on early in the yeah film. uh so you may f- see it as random, but it was meticulously planned. Yeah, so I, I should have been paying more attention to the screen. Jacob, you <laughs> really enjoy pitching food-centric ideas. I yeah, like are you like man, always I'm, hungry when you come up with these ideas? <laughs> I am often hungry just in general. Uh, this is something I don't know that I've talked to you guys about, but though i am because probably because i am deprived some of the you know some of the vices of life at this stage in my in my adulthood uh i take a lot of pleasure in eating food 
and so food's on the brain. Yeah, man. I mean, I I have not deprived myself of any vices, and I still eat constantly. <laughs> so I, you know, no judgment here. Fair enough. Fair enough. You should cut back on the heroin, though, Will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have been meaning to talk to you yeah, about I'll that. Yeah, I'll stop. I'll stop with the heroin, but you know, then I'll just have like a couple more packs of Oreos to make up for it. <laughs> That's how it works. Well, let's ship it. it. Probably does about the same amount of harm to your body. <laughs> um, yeah, let's ship that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, beautiful story. Good job, Jacob. Thank you. I guess I'll go next. Um, my film is actually a spinoff. It's about Ed Sheeran <laughs> living inside of Rupert Grint's stomach. Oh, oh my, my God, God. No way. Wait, are you being serious right now? No. I, <laughs> oh, I'm so disappointed, but probably a good yeah. choice. Man, you already, you saved your pitch before you even started it. Okay. Like. <laughs> I'm disappointed, but uh, hopeful for the future, Luke. Thank you. Well, this pitch. Jacob, Will, if you yeah. recall, at the start of this first pitch, you posed the question, Jacob, uh, who are some of the best couples Yeah. in history? And Will, you said... Rome and Jew. Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my movie's going to be called Romeo and Juliet and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already oh, sold. Greg. What will you do next? <laughs> so there's a, a fella named Greg, right? Yeah. He's a high school sophomore. Um, he's kind of an awkward young fella, but he's likable enough. Um, he's just kind of like got that nerdy, cool vibe. And if he has any faults, I would say that it's, being too addicted to his phone and also like really overusing popular slang. Uh, he sounds like any, like you, you go into any high school in whatever year, 2019, you're going to find just like Greg's on Greg's. Yeah, man. We're a nation of Greg's right now. For, for real. For real. Yeah, th- that's right. So Greg is the everyman. And he gets this assignment in school, and it's to read Romeo and Juliet. And um, his plan all along is, you know, just look at the spark notes on his phone, because... Of course. He doesn't have time to read. He's too busy making TikTok videos. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is still a thing. Oh, it's, it's very much a thing. I'd, I would assume so. By the time this episode comes out, that might not be true. Yeah, these kids, they move fast. Is- they, re- they move real fast. Society moves fast these days. But the evening before he has an exam on the play, 
He settles in to read the full set of spark notes, and his phone straight up dies on him. <gasps> oh God, this is nightmare. Seems scenario. like the ending of a young a young life. Yeah, he puts it in a bag of rice. Can't be saved. Wait, wait, did he drop it in the toilet or something? No, but I think rice fixes any phone problem. <laughs> <laughs> it breaks into two pieces, and he just puts it in a bag of rice. <laughs> so now he's like, oh, dang. What am I going to do? Poor Greg. Yeah, poor Greg. And the only solution is... That he has to read the play. Oh, oh God. There's got to be a different solution. Yeah. There and has to be another way. Like most teens, Greg is basically illiterate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he gives it a crack, and surprisingly, he's just immediately sucked in. He loves what he's reading. Is this the first time that he's ever read something other than Spark Notes? Pretty much. The first yeah, man, thing he's ever read that read. isn't on a screen. <laughs> Dang. Wait, he so he doesn't even read it on his Kindle? No, he has a hard copy. Oh my god. Whoa. Is he like do, does is there like a brief moment where he's like pushing his finger up and down the page and confused? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know how to turn the page at first. It's like he's just trying to scroll. Just like throwing the book in the air and then hitting it with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> But eventually he figures it out and gets really drawn in. Um, But as he's reading, he falls asleep. And suddenly, Greg himself is in, where is it, Verona? Somewhere in Italy, right? (laughs) Get out of town, Luke. Verona, Wisconsin. This is happening. He is now in (sighs) Italy. Holy cow. But he's just regular old Greg. He's still dressed kind of like a hipster. Um, still using his weird slang. And everyone around him is like wearing weird tights and carrying swords and has funny caps on. Um, and he just kind of wanders around, not really knowing what's up. But eventually he bumps into this young lady named Juliet. Oh. What a coincidence. Does she know who who she... Has he gotten to the Juliet part in the story? Does he know who she is? He awkwardly introduces himself because he thinks she's a real smoke show. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) And uh, she, like, talks all funny. It's like a a totally different brand of English than Greg is used to. I was going to say, does she speak Italian? For some reason, she doesn't. That's convenient. She just okay. speaks Shakespearean English. Gotcha. And um, Greg doesn't really know what's up, but he just keeps pointing at himself and being like, me, Greg. <laughs> 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 and eventually she, very confused, just points at herself and is like, me, Juliet. And then it clicks for Greg. He's like, oh, weird English. Her name's Juliet. She's a total smoke show. <laughs> Am I in this play? What? Wow. So it's it's taken him up to that point to realize that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the okay. internet has killed his brain. That's fair. So they wander around Verona for the night, 
have a really good time. Um, she doesn't seem that oh. interested in Greg, to be honest, okay. but Greg totally falls for her. She's a smoke show, right? She's a smoke show. She's very nice. Uh, Greg likes the funny way she talks. And eventually she becomes slightly amused by him saying things like, it's lit. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Greg is, he thinks to himself, you know what? I'm going to win her over. And at that very moment, up struts this guy who's like, Two feet taller than Greg, way more <laughs> handsome, way more muscular, probably uh, eats only meat, so he's just got protein up the wazoo. Dude. And his name is Romeo. So this isn't this isn't little Romeo, this is full grown Romeo. <laughs> yeah. This guy's like seven and a half feet tall. I mean he might still be growing, but he's already pretty big. <laughs> right. He's uh Yeah, he's a beautiful, beautiful man. He's got a very charming vibe about him. And it's clear from the moment he walks up that Juliet really only cares about Romeo, not about Greg. Oh, third wheel Greg. Greg is kind of heartbroken. Uh, He he starts pinching himself to wake up because he can tell that this dream is not going to end the way he wants it to. Oh, no. But he doesn't wake up. Oh, no. Oh no. oh no. It seems Greg is stuck in Verona. <gasps> <sighs> and now he has a realization. I think I said he fell asleep reading this play, but let's just say let's let's rewind that and say that he made it to the end before falling asleep. <laughs> gotcha. Now he has a realization gotcha, gotcha. that they're both gonna die. Okay. And he's like, <laughs> he hadn't thought about, about that. that the entire time he was hanging out with this with with Juliet because she was such a smoke show. That would have changed the dynamic a lot, I think. <laughs> but maybe it's only at this moment that he realizes that he knows what the ending is. Well, at this moment, he realizes that he can benefit from that ending. What? I, oh, I think I see yeah. where Luke's going here. He can yeah. let everything <laughs> yeah. play out. And then sweep in to stop Juliet from stabbing herself right after Romeo wow. dies. This Greg's Greg's kind of a scumbag. This is why you should always read your novels. He's a little bit of novels. a scumbag. But but Greg is also not quite sure that this is fake. Sure. Or real, you know? He still yeah. thinks this is probably a dream of some kind that he's just stuck in. And he wants to be the hero in this dream and like, you know, be there for her, comfort her. Maybe sneak a kiss. I I don't know what's going through Greg's head. <laughs> you as Greg's creator don't know what's going through his mind. None of us do, Jacob. You know? Wow, okay. Sometimes your artistic creations just need to live on their own. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, so all of this plays out, and it's it plays out much like the original... Shakespeare play, but but there's always Greg kind of third wheeling it for some comedic element. <laughs> and there are always can we have these... like a musical montage? <laughs> yeah, we can have a musical montage where like Romeo and Juliet are going on all these dates, and then there's Greg sitting two tables over, just kind of like sipping on nice tea and watching <laughs> what's going down. <laughs> Yeah, and Romeo will be, like, confiding in Greg because he doesn't see him as a threat whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) 
telling him how he got to second base with Juliet last night. <laughs> and then Greg will in have Shakespeare to pretend that he wasn't there watching. <laughs> um, so there will also be just some like funny mishaps with, with Greg not really knowing the era very well. Like he'll accidentally challenge someone to a duel or something like that. Oh, man. How do you accidentally do that? I don't know. He'll probably say something's lit. And I guess then... Greg, yeah, Greg would manage it. Greg, he's, it's just a comedy of errors with Greg. <laughs> I can see that happening. Oh, Jacob. But eventually, uh, you know, Romeo dies. Greg stops mm-hmm. Juliet from stabbing herself. And she's still not that into him. She's just sad about her true love, Romeo, dying. Oh, dear. But after giving it some thought, she's happy that she didn't kill herself in the spur of the moment. And uh, very slowly, over the next year or so, there's a montage where <laughs> Greg wins wow, her long over. dream. <laughs> uh, and then they get that smooch that Greg was hoping for. Nice. He waited a full year for that smooch. And at better, this point, better been a heck of a smooch. Does our boy Greg wake up? I bet he does. He doesn't. <gasps> He's literally been sucked into this bucket. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, we, so we, cut, we cut back to <laughs> the high school where the rest of his class Good. is taking a, a quiz on Romeo and Juliet. Except now the play is actually called Romeo and Juliet and Greg. Oh God, I was really hoping <laughs> and that that's where you're going with this. The final answer of the test is. Uh, what are some words from this play that Shakespeare invented that are now in the English dictionary? And there's like a list of words like lit and dope and stuff like that that Greg used very heavily throughout the movie. Oh my God. So it turns out that all along Greg was the father of our current society. Yep. Wow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's really all there is to it. That's Luke, that's uh, amazing. Luke, that that was that was a really lit pitch. That that pitch was super lit. Luke, that pitch kept it uh one hundred. Thanks, guys. That that pitch was dope. Let's ship it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's ship it. I ship it. <laughs> Please recommend your friends to listen to our podcast we'd really love it it would mean a lot if they give us a shot it don't take a lot of thought to listen to our podcast we're just talking and sometimes there's songs okay right, i guess willie. it's it's time for willie to get the old juices flowing so yes the He's still. Okay. I, I'm just. I'm just processing. <laughs> wow, okay. those juices gotcha. are flowing fast. <laughs> okay, so Michael Sheen, yeah, is a Charlie Sheen's. Yeah, okay. No, Michael Sheen. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Michael Sheen, no. Yeah. Yes, Michael Sheen. <laughs> he wow. is a down on his luck college student. 
Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about 50-year-old actor Michael Sheen? (laughs) Or is Michael Sheen the character's Uh, name? Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, Michael Caine. (laughs) (laughs) Just the oldest college student there is. Michael Caine. (laughs) Michael Caine's a down-on-his-luck college student. Okay. Yeah. Good on him. He, he's on just him. For, for the listeners out there counting, Michael Caine's 86. <laughs> Michael. Hold on now, Luke. There's no age limit to when you can go to college. There's not. There's not. He probably was called off to the Korean War when he was supposed to be in college, and so he's furthering yes. his education as an older gentleman. Um, and so Michael, Michael po- Caine, okay. boy, it took me a long time to come up with that name. You're not wrong, Will. <laughs> All right, Will, you've got two minutes was, left to finish your pitch. I was gonna say. Okay, yes. Um, Michael Caine, down on his luck college student. He's <laughs> he's failed out of college for like 60 years in a row. Um, he's really running out of money because he's had to pay tuition this whole time. And he uh, stumbles in... Uh, he 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 he's he's got like one more credit left um but he's he's failing currently um and and what's the class uh, i'm sorry that i asked it's how to be a butler <laughs> advanced how to be a butler okay. and so that's an undergraduate program yeah yeah it's well it's a it's it's like senior year of undergrad Gotcha. Since he's close to failing, will there be a scene where he's like, I'm so sorry. You trusted me and I failed you. <laughs> yeah, we'll make sure to sneak that in. Um so then uh he's he's just he's feeling really down on his luck, you know. And then in comes this gorgeous, gorgeous young woman, and he's like, this "Oh, who's Judy that?" Dash. And it's it's Helen Mirren, Ooh. and she's like, "Excuse me, I'm new here. Uh, I've transferred from another college because I kept on failing at that college and the college before it and the college before it." And it turns out that Helen Mirren has also been failing out of college for sixty years. Dang. Now, Mirren is... Okay, go on. Could their new college be Hogwarts? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. There'll be magic in this, too. Sick. Not two. This is the first pitch this year, that's this, this episode that's had magic in it. So anyway, um, they decide to become study buddies... And they uh, and Helen Mirren seems super smart and and um, and and encourages Michael Caine and Michael Caine passes his big test. But then it turns out he's like he like he he like is part of a fraternity, Michael Caine. And and their big thing (laughs) is they like to always prank the dean. Um, Classic fraternity. You know, so he's he's like he's standing on uh, on a ladder like up on the dean's office and he's about to like throw a big old piece of shit at the dean right <laughs> because yeah, that's a, you know that's a funny prank and uh and then he overhears the dean saying oh our plant is really is really helping michael kane um 
like he he actually passed his test. He, he's gonna finally be be off of our hands after low these sixty years of having to deal with him. And he finds out. <laughs> it turns out that how that 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 Helen Mirren was actually just hired to to play oh. someone who who has been failing college for sixty years, and she actually hasn't. Oh my god. Um, but wait, I did not understand your use of the word plant, but now I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had plants on the brain for your whole pitch. So I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, there's the, the big, you know, sort of dark night of the soul where, where Michael Caine is extremely, extremely upset. Um, but then, but then Helen Mirren says, I'm sorry. It turns out that I haven't been failing colleges. I, 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 I actually have, I'm, I'm actually someone who led a normal life and graduated and, and, uh, and I've been out of college for a very long time, but I have fallen but. in love with you, Michael Caine. Oh, um, and Michael Caine, like, like he, he, he's very upset and he like, he like says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull the biggest prank on the dean ever tomorrow." And and Helen Mirren's like, "No, you can't do that because then you, they won't let you graduate." And he's like, "I don't care. I'm so distraught and upset." Except he said it like, "I don't care. I'm so distraught and upset." Because <laughs> he's Michael Caine. Well, I have a, I have a great twist for you. Yeah, it could turn out that Helen Mirren was the dean's mother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yes, that's perfect. Because then, yeah, Helen and then Mirren's... Michael Caine becomes the Dean's dad forever. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. So Helen Mirren inner like he's he's got like he's like at graduation and he's got like a, a bow and arrow that's like like at the the tip of the arrow is just like a, a water balloon that's filled with piss, you know? Oh, and he's just gonna like okay. he's gonna shoot the Dean right between the eyes. It's gonna be hilarious. But then Helen Mirren, like like at, right as he's about to do do that, he she like jumps out of the way and knocks him to the floor floor and 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 says i can't do this because i love you and and then they they reconcile but then the last scene like <laughs> like michael kane's like i'm your dad now dean haha but he graduates and then that's the end of the movie <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was that was brief but potent will thanks I spent most of my time trying to remember michael kane's <laughs> name and thought it was michael sheen for a little while I'm really glad that you got there in the end, though, yeah. because it, it just wouldn't have been the same if it was Michael. Sheen. Yeah, I'm really sorry, Pitch Hunt listeners, for having to listen to me just torch laboriously, tortured, <laughs> torturously labor through that. Um, but you know, it's just I don't know. You needn't apologize. I had to say I had to say Michael Sheen, and then I was like, no, that's not right, Michael Michael Kane, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that's that's it. You have to say it. Way, I have to say it in his accent in order to like yeah, actually no, get no, his name. The way to remember what his name is in the future is think of his accent and then think of uh, the phrase Mike O'Kane. Oh, <laughs> Mike O'Kane. Michael Kane. <laughs> oh man, that even makes or, it better. Just think about how that man looks as sweet as a candy cane. Ah, uh, th- that's yeah. a that's a more wholesome and better way. <laughs> That works too. All right. Well, I, pitch hunt. Let us know which is your favorite yes. way to remember Michael Caine's name, and please send that to me an email so that I no, can not, be better informed. Will. He won't respond in a timely manner, <laughs> and if he does, he'll insult you and not listen to your advice. 
Guys, I'm so sorry. But hey, there's Jacob at pitchhunt.org, Luke at pitchhunt.org, and info at pitchhunt.org. Yeah, you can you can hit all those emails too. Uh, I know this is a little anachronistic, but how about we we uh, talk about what we're doing next week too? Let's do that. Well, there's a certain holiday coming up. Oh shit! You're talking about all saints. Yeah, Day? are we talking about the hollowest of days? Or where we honor about, our saints? Uh, Dia de los Muertos. Yes. It's all of those, really. I mean, it, pick yeah. your poison. It's all those wrapped into a tasty candy bundle. But the point is, That's yeah, right. we're candy cane. <laughs> candy cane. We're getting, we're, we're getting, movies. yeah, we're getting to a, we're getting to a point where, you know, the, the days are getting shorter and, and, and the leaves are dying and all that. So we got to just reflect on our, on our mortality and, and pitch some spooky stuff. Yeah. Just be warned, everybody. It's going to be real spooky. It's going to be next super week. spooky. Spooky is our theme next week on Pitch Hunt. Where do you find us on social media, guys? Well, At pitch underscore hunt. Yeah. On Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And do check that Instagram out because there's a great pic that was just posted. Yeah. A, about a week ago. <laughs> yeah, I guess it'll be like almost two weeks at this point, but. Yeah. If you want to see what we look like, yeah. when we're in if you want to see me as like a ten-year-old rapscallion, <laughs> yeah, we all look real dorky. <laughs> we look like a couple of Gregs, <laughs> a triple of Gregs, really. Yeah, about five years before Greg was in high school. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Stay pitchy, stay pitchy. We love stay you. Pitchy. We love you. We love you guys. And ladies, I love you guys. And bye-bye.